Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Hello, superhumans. It is so good to connect with you again. Separation, or rather, the illusion of separation, is at the root of most everything that ails us on a personal as well as collective level. How can we achieve a sense of oneness again and operate from a high state of mind? According to today's guest, John Gordon, the voice of separation inside us that talks negatively is much more than just the inner critic. The battle inside ourselves and whether we listen to that negative voice or take back our agency and talk constructively to ourselves is directly linked to the oldest battle of all, dark versus light. The turn of this episode's conversation took both John and me by surprise. We were both fully prepared to talk about topics such as excellence in leadership and personal growth, for which he is considered an international expert. Instead, we went with the flow and took a deep dive on faith, healing the soul, and guidance on how to live a complete and fulfilled life from a high state of mind. John Gordon is a best-selling author and one of the most sought-after public speakers in the world. His books and talks have inspired millions of readers and audiences around the world, and his principles have been successfully deployed by countless Fortune 500 companies, professional and college sports teams, school districts, hospitals, and nonprofits. John is the author of 27 books, including 12 bestsellers, such as The Energy Bus, which has sold over 2 million copies, The Carpenter, The Coffee Bean, and Stay Positive. John and his tips have been featured on The Today Show, CNN, CNBC, The Golf Channel, Fox and & Friends, and in numerous magazines and newspapers. His clients include the Los Angeles Dodgers, Campbell Soup, Dell, Publix, Southwest Airlines, Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Rams, Snapchat, Clemson Football, Northwestern Mutual, West Point Academy, and many more. John is a graduate of Cornell University and holds a master's in teaching from Emory University. He and his training and consulting company are dedicated to developing positive leaders, organizations, and teams. The following inspirational conversation with John will help you to elevate yourself and in the process also positively impact everyone and everything around you. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. John, welcome to the Superhumanized Podcast. It is such a pleasure to spend some time with you today. Thank you for making time in your busy schedule. I appreciate it. It's great to be with you. John, you inspire millions of people around the world, and your insights have become mantras for many. I would like for you to share with us what is the mantra that fuels your passion and your purpose? 
I don't think there's one mantra. There's something I live by in terms of talk to yourself instead of listen to yourself because mm -hmm. negative thoughts are always coming in. You're always going to hear the doubts, the fears, the insecurities, and all the reasons why you can't do something. So don't listen to those voices. Talk to yourself with words of encouragement, with positivity, with belief, with optimism, and with hope. And the more you talk to yourself, the more you speak truth to those lies, because negative thoughts are lies that will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. And so the more you speak truth to those lies, the more you walk in that truth, the more you walk with power, the more you walk with hope and love and connection. And I would say a, a wholeness to you instead of a feeling of separateness and weakness and powerlessness. Beautiful. Yes. And I think so many of us can relate to that. So many of us have a big inner critic whose loud voice drowns out our own thoughts. So this is a really incredibly important and vital practice, the talking to ourselves instead of listening. I will try to incorporate that myself. I still have a journey to undertake there. John, Well, I think a part of that is to understand the critic. Yes. Where does the inner critic come from? Why do we have an inner critic? Have you ever thought about that? Everyone always says there's an inner critic and do your negative thoughts come from you? And people say, yeah, of course they come from me. They're in my head. But here's the next question. If you believe your negative thoughts come from you, who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Would you ever choose a negative thought? Where does the inner critic come from? Do you have to understand we are a soul with a spirit and a temporary body? And so that soul and that spirit, those negative thoughts are not coming from the spirit, but they come into the soul or the mind, the soul are one and the same. So we have this mind and soul. And in that soul, there's a battle going on between two frequencies, a positive frequency or a negative frequency. There's the old Cherokee story, the Native American story of the two wolves inside of us. One's positive, one's negative. They fight all the time. Who's going to win the fight? The one you feed the most, the positive dog. And we have that story that really resonates because it's the truth of two different frequencies, positive or negative. We also see it in, in the Adam and Eve story in the garden. That's an ancient Jewish story. People think it's a Christian story. It's actually an ancient Jewish story. And in the garden, they had two voices. They had the voice of God, the voice of love, of hope, of belief. And they had the voice of the serpent that was trying to deceive them and separate them and lie to them to convince them to be less than instead of more. And those are the voices we hear all the time, the voices that say we are less than. They always attack us in the place of our identity. That happened in the garden as well. That's a truthful story like the Cherokee story. And then we have the modern story of in movies and TV where you have these people that are going on with their lives and they have the angel on one side and they have the devil on the other and they have these two different voices. So I think it resonates with people when you understand the inner critic is actually a spiritual battle going on between mm. those two voices. And the key to life is to start tuning into that positive voice and knowing those negative thoughts are not coming from you. And once you understand that, you stop beating yourself up. Stop feeling guilt and shame. You realize that there's the power of the second thought. The first thought wasn't from you, but you can choose a second thought that allows you to move forward with more courage, more encouragement, more power, more love, more peace, more positivity, and that will fuel you on this journey. That is really powerful, John. I had actually never thought about it on such a deep level. Everything that we get told today about this inner critic is, okay, it's something you picked up from caretaker fig figures, parents, culture, society at large. 
And to take it to that plane of actually, so to speak, the light versus the dark, and then actually making that choice, choosing the light. You are a man of faith. And I'd like to know at one point, at what point in your life did you find God and how does it inform, how does that faith inform your life's journey? It's an interesting journey for me because I practiced all different spiritual traditions and they were all very relevant and all very powerful on my journey. So I, I respect the process for anyone. I respect where anyone is, what they believe. I have a, I'm a person of faith. On my journey, I had to learn how to deal with the negative voices. I had to face the battle. I was losing the battle. And I'm so glad you said that and realized that we're going into a deeper plane because much of what people say today, they're trying to be helpful, but they're not really speaking the truth. And it doesn't really help people because when you understand how things work, when you understand the inner workings of things and under the hood of what's really going on, like thoughts, for instance, and you start to see that, then you become a more powerful force in the world because you understand how it all plays out. I share this in my new book, The One Truth. The One Truth comes out in June. And I wrote this book to share the truth, to share all that is relevant, all that is helpful to help someone choose the positive instead of the negative, to choose that they can heal instead of living from the wounds of the past, from mastering their mindset instead of letting their thoughts and their mindset master them. And so People are not meant to live with fear. They're not meant to live with hopelessness. They're not meant to live with insecurity and doubt. We're actually meant to live with power and peace and joy. So I want to give people the blueprint and the game plan to do that. And a lot of people treat symptoms. I get to the root of the issue. I go to the deeper and under the underlying level. And once you understand that, you'll realize all this other stuff is really not very helpful when you understand the real stuff. Actually, I say I, I say it's wrong. It could be very helpful because if you're aware that I could choose the positive instead of negative, and that's a choice you have every day, that's very helpful. The problem is when we're blaming ourselves or saying that we got to have better thoughts and it's because of us that we don't have great thoughts. It's understanding how the battle is being waged that allows you to win the battle. Like Star Wars, I don't have to go to religion to talk about this, the light and dark. You said it. Is a battle of good versus evil. Harry Potter is a battle of good versus evil. Wonder Woman is a battle of good versus evil. Black Panther, battle of good versus evil. Every major epic movie is a battle of what? Good versus evil. Why? Because that is the epic narrative of the universe that is playing out every day. There's evil being played out every day. There's a there's a darkness and there is a light. So for me, Long before there was Saw Wars and Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, there was Jesus and there was Adam and Eve in the garden. And Adam and Eve Eve in the garden represent the separation of man and woman from God. Again, it's an ancient Jewish story. It represents the the separation. Whereas then as a person of faith, Jesus represents the reconciliation, bringing man and woman back to God to experience oneness instead of separateness. And everything in our existence can be explained with oneness and separateness. Do you feel separate? Do you feel powerless? The word anxious, the root word of anxious, right? The Greek root word. The root word of that means to divide, to separate. So when we're anxious, we feel divided. We feel separate. And that's why if you look at the world in the last few years with COVID and everything going on, People felt isolated. They felt alone. They felt disconnected. They felt separated. 
And of course, there was tons of anxiety as a result of that. When you understand when I am one and I feel connected to the creator of the universe, when I feel connected to other people, when I feel connected to myself, right? Self-connection is important. I'm happier. Mm-hmm. I feel more joyful. I feel more peace. Now, does yoga help do that? Yes, yoga is wonderful. Does mindfulness and meditation do that? Yes, they do that as well. So there's a lot of things we can do that bring us back to that oneness and connection, but nothing could help with the wounds that we carry that truly separate us. Everyone carries a wound that needs to be healed. And that comes from love and forgiveness, but it can't come from self-love alone. Self-love is important, but self-love is only as good as you are and we all fall short. There's a perfect love from the creator. The creator is the essence of love and we were created with love. And when we are one with our creator, when we feel that oneness, that nature of love is now what pours from us because that oneness is that nature and that becomes our nature. And now we become a force of love and through that oneness and reconciliation, what happens is love and forgiveness now heal the wound that we carry. The wounds are like inflammation of the soul. We all have inflammation. And if anyone knows anything about inflammation within the body, you can't heal the body if you have inflammation. You gotta remove the inflammation so the body can naturally heal. Well, you gotta remove the inflammation in your soul so that you can naturally heal. And that's a spiritual journey we must all go on. And people think it's a religion. It's not a religion. God is not a religion. He's a relationship. And God wants to take your burden, take your pain, take your wrongs of the past and wants to heal everything you've been through. And with the love, create a new creation in you that allows you to be who you're meant to be and called to be, free from all of the past stuff you've ever been through. Does that sound encouraging? Doesn't that sound inviting to someone who's going through a tough time? It sounds very inviting and I it resonates very deeply with me. I also feel, and you can read it in a lot of the different scriptures and also creation myths and whatever faith one might be a part of, that the separation is or the feeling rather of separation, because it's an illusion in essence, is the root cause of so many things that ail us. So let's take somebody, and as you mentioned, so many people in the last years have really gone through this existential crisis, an intense feeling of separation, of hopelessness, of powerlessness. So when life throws curveballs at you, sometimes it's tremendously difficult not to perceive oneself as isolated and disconnected from everything. And if someone does not have faith in their life, in what whichever form, a connection to creator, how can one start to take steps to actually reconnect and to heal? Because for somebody who's not within this framework, this paradigm of faith, it may be very difficult to even connect to it. What would you what would you advise somebody like that? That's such a great question because so many people are struggling. It's important to understand that when we move from oneness to separateness, we move from positive to negative. So if you study mental health issues and people with mental health challenges, they all report feelings of being alone, yeah. of feeling disconnected, of isolation. And they retreat from others and they feel even more disconnected. So what they really need the most is a relationship with someone who loves them and perhaps a spiritual power. Now, here's a good question. Like in relational psychology, we know that you can actually heal in a loving relationship, which is really important. So if you find someone who loves you and you love them through that relationship, and also it might be a counselor that you're working with, the love of that counselor is what's transformative. 
not so much what they say, but the feeling of safety and connection you have with that person, that's what allows you to start to heal. Loving relationship. Most addiction programs believe in a higher power. They also involve community. So that community, when you're with people, that allows you to feel more connected to others. And this feeling that there's a higher power, something greater, something bigger than me that is with me helps gives me strength. That's why all the addiction programs have a higher power involved because your will is not strong enough. Your will is not powerful enough on your own. You need this greater power. So understanding that, then you have to ask the question, can you heal with a stranger? No, it's actually a loving relationship that you need, not a stranger. It's got to be a loving relationship. Guess what? If God is a stranger, can God heal you? No, it's a loving relationship. It's a personal God, not, a, not an impersonal God. As a form of Buddhist, Buddhists believe in, in non-attachment. I don't think that's the key to happiness. They think it is that you want to be a, a non-attached to nothing. And when you meditate, you attach to nothingness and so you're experiencing nothingness. I believe the key to happiness in life is to be attached to create the creator of the universe in a loving relationship where you receive love and you start loving. But that begins with trust. It begins with a relationship. If I want to spend and have a, if I want to have a better relationship with my wife, I'll spend more time with her and let her know I love her and then allow us to have these loving encounters. That's what we need on our journey in life. So I'm talking about relational psychology with someone who loves you. That's important. Community is important. Finding a team, a tribe that you can be a part of, even though you may not feel like it, it's important to start doing that. But the problem is sometimes people don't feel loved enough to even be around other people. That's a challenge there. The wound is so great. God's always here waiting for you because there's scripture that says that nothing could separate you from the love of God. Nothing could separate you. You said it's an illusion. It is. You're always connected to the love of God. It's always there. It just feels like you aren't. So it's remembering the truth that you're always connected. So I want to share a tune, T-U-N-E. You have to connect with that higher frequency of love. Love is the most powerful and highest frequency known to man and women. On this earth, it's what we experience. And it comes from the creator. So tune, trust and truth is the T. T stands for trust and truth. I want you to trust and start trusting. And I want you to know the truth that you are loved and that nothing could separate you from that love. You unite with love, unite with the creator. You're meant to unite with that. That's the goal. So start uniting. How? Through prayer, through moments of silence, through moments of just being open and allowing God to connect with you and move through you to experience that. I'll share prayer in a second, but I think that's really powerful is just to unite with God. I do it by a prayer. I walk and I just pray. I also practice gratitude. Practicing gratitude to God is a great way to unite as well. You can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. N, neutralize the negativity. Those negative voices are going to come in. Don't listen to them. Make sure you neutralize them. Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet and neither should you. Then E, elevate your thinking. And the more you elevate your thinking, we talked about that earlier, feeding the positive gratitude, speaking truth to the lies, speaking words of encouragement, self-talk is essential, optimism and belief, and then just believing that the best is yet to come. But no, have belief that you're here for a reason, belief in a greater purpose, that belief that there's a plan for you in your life. That's 
essential to elevate your thinking. And that is tune. And the more you do that, you'll start tuning into that higher frequency on a daily basis. Because what's happening now for a lot of people, if you're disconnected and you're feeling separate, that's a sign right away that you are tuning into the negative frequency and the negative voices. I meet people all the time that they ask for my advice and they tell me what they're going through. And I tell them, I think you're feeling really disconnected from God, aren't you? Sounds like you're feeling far away. Oh, yeah, I used to have a relationship. Or I used to believe and I just, I'm struggling now and I don't think, well, how did you know? Because if you were connected to God, you wouldn't be feeling this way. It's a symptom of disconnection. It's a symptom of the separation. So I share the solution to the separation and tuning is part of that. But it's as simple also as praying on a daily basis. And that's what I did. Someone who struggled, someone who dealt with fear, anxiety, and stress, someone who was practicing meditation and everything, doing everything I could, right? Channeling and EFT and all the techniques to try to feel more positive and helpful. I still couldn't get rid of that pit in my stomach, that anxiousness, that wound that was causing more and more separation that I needed to heal. And once I was open to the healing and the ultimate healer, and I cried out, I said, God, I can't do this alone. I need you help me. And I just prayed. That's when my life started to change from there. So I think it begins with a willingness and openness and outreach. Start establishing the relationship with a personal God that loves you and wants to heal you. And then receiving that love because you can't heal with a stranger. You can only heal with something that is personable, personal and loving. Yes. And what you just, thank you for sharing this, John. What you just said about the personal God, I think may also resonate with a, a lot of people in the audience. Through discussions with other honored guests that I've had here on this podcast, people of faith, spiritual leaders, as well as the feedback that I get via social media, quite a few have shared that they've become disillusioned with organized re religion. And they, because a lot, there's a lot of contention and divisiveness yeah. also going on there. How do you think this, the numbers seem to be plummeting to all kinds of different faiths? People are leaving the churches or temples and different groups and organizations. How do you, what do you think the core issue is there? And in your perspective, how could it get fixed if there is a fix? And it's a great point. And it's so funny, I never thought we'd go in this direction. I wasn't expecting it. It just is. So obviously this is what we're meant to talk about and what meant people are meant to hear. And that's fine. I could talk a lot about culture and leadership and teamwork. A lot of that is my work. Yeah. But lately I've been going deeper into these things. And I think it's important to talk about because you're right. So many are struggling, but think about it. How many people are struggling with mental health now more than ever? People are feeling more disconnected than ever. Why is that? Because there is a spiritual battle going on. And that battle also happens within the church. And we find that people get disillusioned from the church because of the people in the church. Because the church is made up of imperfect people. And none of us are perfect. We all have flaws. We all have challenges. We all have issues. And when you get involved in the church, a lot of times you'll see a pastor fail morally and do the wrong thing. You'll see people who are hypocrites and do the wrong thing. But in many ways, we're all hypocrites. But a good friend of mine gave me such great advice, Erwin McManus. And I'll never forget, he said, because I asked him about all the hypocrites and I was struggling with my faith. And I'm like, yeah, but what about what they do? What about what they do? And what about the wrongs they did here at this church? He said, John, don't let Christians keep you from Christ. And I thought that was the best advice I ever heard. Like, Brilliant. I'm going right to God. Okay, I see the flaws of people. I'm not gonna let their mistakes and their imperfections 
keep me from a relationship with the perfect God, mm. just as they shouldn't let me keep them from their relationship with God. I might say something that upsets someone. I might be imperfect one day and not be as nice as I usually am. I do have bad days. I'm nice about 90% of the time. And usually people really like me when they meet me. But it might be that one day that I'm struggling and I got everything going on and I'm trying to rush somewhere and someone says, hey, John, do you have time for me? And I'm like, no, I have to get here. And they may feel like I don't care about them. Just, and that rarely happens, but it might be that one person. And I don't want that person to not connect with God because of me. So I want that person to know that God will never let them down. And here's the thing, life may let them down. And they might be, they might be someone who dealt with a trauma. They might be someone who dealt with abuse. They might be someone who actually betrayed their trust. And because of that, they go, why, why God? Why'd you allow that to happen? Because clearly God is God. Perhaps he could have stopped it. I believe he could. There've been many things in my life I wish he stopped. There have been things that I had to deal with in the past that my family had to deal with that I wish God would have intervened. But I also trust and knowing that everyone's on a journey. We all have things that happen to us along the way. And I know there's evil that exists. And I know that for whatever reason, God's ways are not our ways. And God's plan is so much greater than our plan. And I feel like when we die, the answers will come and we'll have an understanding. And we'll realize that there's so much more than we actually thought. And that this world is just a temporary existence to what the eternal reality is. And so much more is happening in the eternal reality that we have to experience here to understand there. And I believe that. And I hope for that. And I trust in that. And whenever I'm going through some, something difficult or have been in the past, I look to that. So I think for people, if you've been through that, you may feel like God let you down, but I believe life did. And where are you going to find your strength to keep going? And I know that God is a God that rebuilds, that restores, that redeems, and that whatever wound one or anyone has, God is always ready to heal it. And I've seen so many stories of people that he's done that with, including me. And knowing that and seeing that, that God is in the restoration business, and he's also in the second chance business. And so whatever you've been through, stop looking to the past, but look to healing now so you can create your future. And that's what life is all about. It's like we, we come into this world. I truly believe we then feel separate. And it's about getting our way back and not earning our way, but finding our way back to oneness. And in the oneness with that relationship, then we find our purpose, our plan, our future, our mission, and everything comes from there. And those who resist it go through life suffering. Those who return to oneness find so much more joy and meaning and have an amazing life no matter what happened in the past. And we see those two choices play out all the time. Indeed, John. And I also love the turn this conversation took. I was fully prepared to talk about leadership and mindset <laughs> with you. The things that you are so well known and truly yes. a world-renowned expert. However, I think this is really beautiful and uh, very much looking forward to your new book. I know that will just touch the hearts and minds and souls of so many people. And it's so relevant and so necessary. I know we only have 30 minutes today. You are a really busy man. And I, again, am so grateful you made time for us. I'd love to close this conversation with a question I ask every guest, and that is about a practice that is profoundly or is currently really elevating you physically, mentally, and or spiritually. You've already shared the gratitude walk and prayer. Is there something else you would love to a tool that you'd like to share with the audience, John? Yeah, sure. P-R-A-Y-E-R. -E and okay. so 
again, I was thinking, should I share it? Should I share it? I guess I'm supposed to share it. This is how, for those who don't know how to pray, because people often say, well, how do I pray? John, I don't know how to pray. So people don't pray. And by the way, there's a Gallup poll that shows that couples that pray together, 99% stay together. Yeah, couples who go to church, 50% stay together. Same rate as those who don't go to church. So again, it's the prayer. Why? Someone asked me the other day, why is that? Because my wife and I, I'm spirit. My wife is spirit. God is spirit. And we pray, our spirits become one. And that's when we become powerful. That's when we become united. That's when we become connected. So how do you pray? Real quick, praise. I believe you start by praising God, the creator of the universe. Just look around. This world did not come here by accident. Every neuron in your brain has a transmitter and receiver. I don't think that happened through evolution, <laughs> a transmitter and receiver on your brain, just as, as the radio was created, by not by accident. So I think the camera-like quality of our eye, how we process the world through signals and electromagnetic fields and signals and radiation and wavelengths and spectrums and sound vibrations. Think about it, colors, frequencies. It's all an energetic reality we're living here. And the God that created it is pretty amazing. So praise God and practice gratitude is to repent, is really repent for the wrongs of your past, the things you've done wrong, the things that have happened to you where someone did you wrong. Repenting is key. Why? Because it allows you to clear out the mm -hmm. sludge in your pipeline, that heavy energy that you're holding onto that's weighing you down. Let it go. A, ask. Guess what? Ask God for what you want. Ask for your daily needs. Ask for your daily bread. Ask for things to be provided. Ask for wisdom. Ask for guidance. Ask is so important. A lot of people don't want to ask. Ask. God wants you to pray bold prayers. Why? Yield. Surrender. Trust. Let go and let God. And let go of your ego. And during that time, I always say, God, I surrender to you. I don't have all the answers, but I trust in you. I surrender and just use me for your purpose. Guide me towards my purpose. And I just surrender. And I'll often say, God, I am one with you. I am one with you. And I let go of my ego that keeps me from being connected to you. Ego stands for edging God out. Mm -hmm. And so why? Pray. And then there's E-R. E is expect. When you ask and you surrender, expect that God will deliver on his promises. Expect miracles. I always say, I believe in a miracle. I trust in miracles. I expect a miracle, God. Expect miracles. Because the more you ask and you expect, guess what? You're saying to God, show me. Show me, God. I expect and show me and deliver as you say you will. And then receive. A lot of times people say, I prayed to God, but he didn't show me. It's not meant to happen right away often. Like that's where faith comes in. So often we're like, show me God and I'll trust you. And God's like, no, trust me and I'll show you. See, are you really trusting? And maybe that's why you haven't received the prayers that you want because you're not trusting. So expecting is key and then receive is essential. That's the R. Receive God's blessings. And a lot of people don't feel worthy to receive those blessings, but I want to encourage people to receive the blessings that are meant for them. Receive all that God wants to give you and know that God has a purpose for you, a plan for you, and wants to provide you with that so you can go be a blessing to others and go make a difference. And that's P-R-A-Y-E-R. -E now, I've been doing this every day recently, and it's transformed my mind and definitely helped me elevate at a higher level, at a higher frequency. I just feel that I'm tapping into so much more creative energy by doing that. And I believe that it's allowed me to connect with God in a more meaningful and powerful way. It's not always for good. This is not so we can be successful. I truly believe 
we do this so we can be a light for others and we can elevate to our highest level so we can bring others up and lift others up and make a greater difference. And to me, that's what it's all about. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing this, John. And people who would like to learn more about you and connect with the all the amazing offerings, you have a brilliant newsletter as well. Where can they do it? They can go to johngordon.com, J-O-N gordon.com or Twitter, Instagram at J-O-N gordon11. And if you go there, you'll see my 27 books, a lot on leadership, teamwork, yeah. and we probably should do this again and just have a conversation about leadership, Absolutely. teamwork, and mindset so people can benefit from a lot of those strategies as well. But what we just shared today is really the underlying power that actually explains and guides everything. So once you understand this, like we gave you book one, but book two, book three is, okay, now how can I implement it even more on a daily basis? And if you go to my website and follow me on social media, you'll see a lot of practical tools that you can use as well. So I encourage you to go there and check it all out. Fantastic. John, again, thank you so much for making time and for this really inspiring, inspired and elevating conversation. It's been wonderful to connect with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. 